I'm strolling the club with my hat down. Michael Jack style. High seven, who the Mac now? Now my fault that they love the kid. All right, back here on the Sports Grind, Calvin Casey, Jonas Clark, producing Spin the One and Twos, 877-37-GRIND is your number to participate. Um, keeping things going, a couple few other football notes that I wanted to uh, discuss. Um, one of the other things I didn't touch on when we spent that whole time on Bill Belichick, I'm going to, again, the New York Giants – the Washington Commanders. And if the Spanos want to finally spend some money, I would put, because of the quarterback, I would put the L.A. Chargers in the mix. Because I think at Bill's age, if you're going to still coach, and I think Bill being up in Foxborough coaching, I think somewhere in his life he would probably, uh, if it's not New York, I think it would want to be his preference would probably would love to probably finish out in L.A. Um, if he wants to continue. But also I could see him taking off a year. But keeping it going uh, in the current things in the National Football League, you know, we have all this information now and people are giving out their percentage, playoff percentage um, chances. Uh, we know that we have a plethora of teams and the AFC and NFC for that most part that are still mathematically alive uh, for a playoff berth, okay? Uh, there's only seven of them on each side. So um, I wanted to take a look at some of the percentages, Jonas, wherever you kind of go to get the uh, – Especially starting with the AFC side, some particular teams and where their percentage chances is that they can come out if I give you a name and a team. And we can start with give me the playoff percentage chance of the Buffalo Bills. The percentage of the Buffalo Bills to make the playoffs. Using the athletic. Okay. Um, put my subscription to good use. Uh, the, the athletic has them at a fifty-seven point nine percent chance to make the playoffs. Man, that's a lot. Fifty-seven point nine. They've got Dallas this week. They've got Miami one more time, and I missed the other sprinkling the other one I'm missing. I know it's Dallas this week. Miami another gig. Um, and I think I'm missing whatever that third one ever is going to be. But anyway, so a fi- over 50% chance the athletic is giving them. I would probably bet you a dollar to a donut that that's probably the highest percentage. Because I know there's NFL.com has their percentage chances. ESPN Next Gen, I'll give you those. So, I, you know, if this was no particular, particular source or whose percentage I want to go off of. But I would tell you, I would say the athletic probably has the highest percentage on the Buffalo, however they calculate it, whatever formula they're using. Um, because based on who they still have to play, and again, I, I mean, tiebreaker situations, um, you know, AFC wins head-to-head, I would think Buffalo's percentage, with that win over Kansas City, I would have had them maybe like at the – I would have had them maybe like at the 27 to 32% range. Over 50 is kind of high, but go ahead. 
Uh, remaining schedule for the Bills, uh, of course, hosting the Cowboys this weekend at Chargers, hosting the Patriots at Dolphins, remaining four. Uh, the remaining schedule strengths is at 10th. So out of those, there, there's two legit, legitimate possibles, possibilities of losses. Yeah, they've got and their expected be, wins sitting at 9.6. So yeah. right there with the wild, what they're saying, one of them has about 50% chance of winning. Dallas and Miami are two legit possible losses uh, for um, the, that stretch. So that's why I think, uh, with all respect to athletic, theirs is kind of high. But all right, moving on, let me see. Who else would I want to take a stab at in the AFC? Now, Give, of course, really mm-hmm. quick, this is to note – this weekend, this past weekend, the Niners were the first team to punch their ticket. They are officially yeah. in the playoffs. Yeah, yeah. Um, give me the percentage chances of the Cincinnati Bengals. Uh, working down to the Bengals, and, and, and while I'm doing so, uh, providing a little more transparency on the athletic system, they run a simulation 100,000 times. Uh, after each day of games to determine a team's playoff chances. Mm-hmm. So 100,000 times. Your Cincinnati Bengals are sitting down there 12.9% chance to make the playoffs. Yeah, I, I think that sounds about right uh, for Cincinnati. Um, you know, they're coming off that victory against the Colts. That could play into a head-to-head there. They're right there with uh, Indy. Um, they get to seven and six. Uh, they were six and six going into that game. Um, You're hosting the Vikings this weekend yeah. at Pittsburgh at Arrowhead, hosting the Browns. See, and all that's going to take care of itself uh, because the Browns are the next team you could even take a look at. I mean, they're in the mix. Pittsburgh. I, that's why I keep saying it's Pittsburgh and Indy game on Saturday. To me, that's the the loser won't be mathematically out, but the loser is pretty much going to be out or on the outside looking in. Um, but you know, when you look at those games that have to play, and again, the NFL, they um, they finally hit a grand slam. I mean, it it what they what they envisioned when they wanted to start scheduling division games late in the year like from week 15 to 16 17 and on was to really it was adopted by the NFL to really eliminate you know the teams in certain divisions that were basically clinch playoff spots so early and then you had to I mean Indy was notorious for this during the Peyton Manning run you would get a division or a playoff spot and a division wrapped up in week 12 or 13, and then you go to the debate on how many games, mealing games we got rescheduled. So that's why they did it, and I would say since they've adopted this, this is the first year I can remember. It's, it hasn't been this tight in a long time. I mean, and I guess and this is what it envisions to where you have all these scenarios where you'll get guys on TV, the guy that's on Football Night in America, uh, the guy that usually gives you the percentages on states, that's one, and how much Iowa, if he takes Iowa, he's done political talk. I mean, you know, elections and stuff. Now he's come over to the football world, forgot his name. But anyway, you'll get guys like that breaking down. Well, if this team wins and they win in the tiebreaker, where a lot of this stuff is going to be decided, especially in the AFC in the last three weeks of the season, uh, four weeks of the season. So um, Cincinnati, that's really about right. Where's Cleveland's chances at that? 87.5% chance. That's a lot. Um, 
they're sitting there eight and five right now. Expected wins at ten. Hitting and, that hitting that mark right there. And this is projected if they're projecting their totals wins of ten. Yeah, they are projected to make the playoffs. Okay. Going back, the Bills are projected not to make the playoffs despite holding a fifty-seven point nine percent chance. Okay. Um, Cleveland, yeah, I mean Joe Flacco. I mean, look, I've given him a halfway apology. Um, he's definitely spinning it uh, better than what I've thought he could do since his absence from the game. You know, no, he was with the Jets last year, but really not really camp going to a traditional camp. And this late in the season, but really, you know, like I said on Monday, you know, his pre-snap is really what's going to make the difference um, and really make them a little bit more potent down the stretch. Um, you know, I don't think they're going to be able to rely on – you know, they're tight in, you know, every week to go catch two or three touchdowns. I mean, I told you how I feel about Amari. They're going to have to get some receivers to step up because Joe does have some limitations, but he's definitely going to make them scary because if you have a defense like that, and I think that they've gone through some hiccups in the last few weeks, but they've been lights out at home, and I think defense travels. So uh, definitely they're a team that can still be scary. Again, wouldn't that be a story? Now, that would be crazy. I mean, all of a sudden, Joe comes off the couch. It's a tight playoff race. Cleveland punches the sixth seed, fifth seed, or they get the last seed, and Joe takes them to a Super Bowl run to Vegas. It's not far fetched if you really think about it, because if the it's pretty it's Nick Folesian. That's better than Nick Foles, dude. That's not even close. Nick well, I, think the, that, I think you add the rival uh, standpoint that, he, that they used to be the quarterback of the the team's rival. Dude, you add the fact that this guy's age and he's sitting eating Cheetos for a, a couple months and wonder what he's going to do. I mean, I'm Obviously, just saying, hypoth- I'm saying hypothetically, the guy, ain't, it's it's one thing, treadmill, you do that. This is impressive. I mean, you have to have some type of talent uh, to do this. But I'm telling you, the reason why I think there's a punch of chance that, because like I told you, man, no, but look, especially what happened in Miami on Monday night. If anybody really tells you they know, I don't care if it's a former player, analyst, Al Michaels, Chris Berman, Calvin Casey, I don't care. Anybody tells you they know who's representing the AFC in the Super Bowl, they're lying. They're I think, lying. I think at it's one a, point you went out on a limb and said that you or I could quarterback that defense and that running game and get them to the playoffs. What in Cleveland? Super Bowl is a whole other story. We get them to the playoffs. Speaking of the Browns, uh, I might have said that. I I just think Joe, the the perfect storm in regards to him getting comfortable by week 18 and them being in the opportunity to get the seventh or the sixth seed, and they go in with a guy that's been eight and one in the playoffs, ten and one. I mean, the guy has a winning record in the playoffs, and he's been lights out. And it's usually Joe in the regular season that sucks. It's usually if Joe can get in the postseason and get postseason. I'm just telling you there's no other story like that. And the defense, and Joe out of anybody, knows how to play complimentary football. And he's a veteran. That would be a crazy story. And and somebody like Joe, when I look, you can pass a 80-yard bomb over Raheem Morris's head with a football like an ice cube and minus degree temperatures in Mile High Stadium. When that year the Super Bowl, they should have that team, Denver Manning, led by Peyton Manning at that time, should have been to a Super Bowl. That team should have went to that damn Super Bowl before we they even went to play Seattle. As soon as he accomplished that, and Raheem just I, I mean, sometimes I still have nightmares about that. But um 
once he accomplished that, I knew anything was possible. Joe, I'm telling you, man, remember you heard it here first. I'm not telling you that's what's going to happen, but it's anybody's game in the tournament, man, in the AFC. NFC's top-heavy. There's nobody – you would be shocked if anybody outside of the 49ers, Dallas, and the Eagles win the NFC. The dark horse is Detroit, and I think Saturday night we're going to find out really where Detroit's at. That's a game Detroit is supposed to win. They're at home. They're reeling. They've got Green Bay to stub their toe, but you still got Minnesota that's finding ways to make wins. Detroit has to win that game. That's a big game for both teams, Denver and Detroit, but Detroit really needs that one. If Denver goes in there and beat them, the talk will be, oh, well, this Denver team, but then it's going to be like this Detroit team. Are they melting in front of our eyes? Jared Goff, is it time to move off of Goff when we have these, these quarterbacks coming? And last but not least, speaking of the Broncos, what is the athletic, what's the percentage chances that they have in them? While I go there, uh, the Browns' remaining schedule is hosting the Bears this weekend at Houston, hosting the Jets, and then at the Bengals. I would, I, I've, got, I've got Browns on upset alert this weekend with the Bears coming in. The, the Bear, that's, a fishy, that's a fishy line. Bears have been playing better. Justin Fields, the defense against the run and overall have been tops in the last three weeks. And I just feel that crew – um, with the coaching staff and Justin Field, they know what's at stake. The Bears are going to have the number one pick or the top two. They're going to have the number one pick via the Panthers trade. And Eberflus, Justin Fields, they are playing for their future. Whether it's with Chicago or not, that's what makes Chicago a very dangerous team going into Cleveland in that game. Remember I told you that. Keep going. Well, yeah, but if they upset, I mean, you've you got to win two of Texans, Jets, and Bengals, it's it, it's a rough one. Yeah. Um, percentage points for from the Athletic and their simulation for the Denver Broncos to make the playoffs is sitting at thirty six point one percent. Current schedule, current record is seven uh, seven and six. The expected wins from their simulation is nine point four. Which would so get would, about two more wins. Would would get you the uh, no golden. Playoffs. You would get to cash and gold. The, the cash the golden ticket if you had it in August with the over eight and a half on the win total for the Broncos. Look dead in the water at one and five. There's probably some people who ripped their tickets up after one and five. I know they sick. Never should do that. But look, I said at the beginning of the season there's going to be a team that wins ten games. It's going to be outside looking in. Um. I think this particular game against the Detroit Lions is the biggest game out of the remaining that they have left. Now, they're going to take every game is big for them when they get in the playoffs, but I think this is the biggest obstacle. If they're going to play the way that they've played five out of the last six games, I mean, hell, even when they were kind of off a lot of penalties, they still had a chance to beat the Texans at the end of that game. Because I think Detroit is the biggest challenge for them to go. Because Detroit is not – they're in the na- – I won't say they're neck and neck, but they're in the neighborhood of the Dallas Cowboys at home, how they perform in their home stadium. Detroit and Ford Field, those weapons, that speed, the running back, that's when they get it going. Now, they looked a little suspect at home. They got beat by the Packers conventionally on Thanksgiving, and then they, lo- they lost another one in there uh, where they won they could have lost to a Chicago or whoever went in there and got them. I, I think it's that winnable. But the thing is, that game with the Denver Broncos, if they're able to beat Detroit – there's a good chance this team's going to run the table and get to 11 wins. And I think that right there for sure gets them in the playoffs. But I think that right there 
gets them probably even to get in that sixth or fifth slot if they were able to run the table. Because if you beat Detroit, you got New England. And the good thing about that, you got that at home. Uh, and that's an offensive challenge team, at least up, we know up till now. Um, so Denver's defense at home, I think they would be able to contain Zappy. And then you basically have the Chargers coming in, and then you finish on the road with the Raiders. And, I, you know, um, that's why I think this is the biggest one out of the remaining games, and I think this is the one I said that I didn't feel three, four weeks ago was really winnable for them, you know. But we'll see. But a 30-some percent chance, that sounds a little bit about right. That well, not if you're about, talking about running the table, then you would think that that would be more about Oh, yeah, yeah, but that's not project. No one's really thinking that they're going to run the table. Um, but I think it just starts this week. If they're able to beat Detroit, they've got a good chance. Because at that point, I couldn't see a letdown from them. Like you would out of the charges, which would be a backup. Hibbert's gone for the year. Um, Raiders are going to be pretty much a backup. And the Patriots, we'll see. I can't see them knowing that if they beat Detroit, at that point, the destiny would be in their own hands. And they have to win out. And if they went out, they know they would be in. So I think they'd be a tough team at that point of what we've seen right now. You know, if they don't divert to the team that we saw in September, then they got a shot. So we'll see. Uh, last notes, I think, of key importance. The Cowboys sitting at 100% from their simulation. The Eagles at 100%. Uh, the Niners, of course, 100 And the, the uh, Lions at about 98 Yeah, there's no need to discuss the NFC, the JV division, man. It's really a stick over here in the AFC. You listen to the Sports Grind. Today's show is being presented by Dos Equis. Get a dose. We are broadcasting here from the Maestro de Bell Tequila Studios. Calvin Casey, Jonas Clark producing. Spin the one and twos. We'll be back. Texas summers can get hot, but now they're blazing with the new Zing Zang Blazing Bloody Mary Mix. The latest addition to the Zing Zang lineup brings the same great, bold, and delicious taste that you already know, only much hotter. Shake things up with Zing Zang Blazing Bloody Mary Mix, made with premium ingredients and crafted for a bold and savory taste, whether with your favorite vodka or with the pre-mixed ready-to-drink cans. Zing Zang, America's favorite Bloody Mary and an official sponsor of the sports crime. Please Zing Zang responsibly. For more than a century, the Pendleton Roundup has defined what it means to be a cowboy. It also gave life to something equally renowned, Pendleton Whiskey, capturing that unique spirit in every bottle and honoring the enduring legacy of the American West. Pendleton Whiskey is made with the finest northern grains and cut with Mount Hood Glacier water, a whiskey that celebrates the cowboy in all of us. That's Pendleton Whiskey. That's true Western tradition. Pendleton is the official whiskey of the PBR Tour. Pendleton Distillers, Lawrenceburg, Indiana. Please drink responsibly. Pendleton Whiskey, official sponsor of the sports grind. Are you moving around the greater San Antonio area? Choose the storage experts. Tiger Moving and Storage. Whether you're moving an office or the whole family, Tiger Moving and Storage offers container drop-off and delivery with efficient, prompt, and cost-effective service. To learn more and to secure your portable storage container today, go to choosetiger.com. Tiger Moving and Storage, official sponsor of the sports grind. All right, back here on the sports grind. Calvin Casey, Jonas Clark, producer, spin the one and twos. Today's show was presented by Dosecki's Get a Dose. We have been broadcasting here from the Maestro de Bell Tequila Studios. 
And this last segment of the day is going to be sponsored by Zing Zang. Two words, a key to any perfect cocktail, and that is Zing Zang. Make sure you try out all their uh, pre-made alcoholic drinks. They come in a lot of different flavors. But don't forget, they still have their pre-made uh, Michelada Blazing Bloody Mary mix as well, too. Uh, make sure you check that out as well. But whatever you do, never forget to Zing Zang responsibly. Zing Zang, official sponsor of the sports crime. All right, so keeping it moving here, um, just sticking again to the NFL theme before I get one baseball note out here before we leave. Uh, wanted to take, as we uh, pretty much knocked out the percentage and stuff like that, uh, wanted to take a quick glance um, at the um, midline reports, uh, just a couple glances Um that are taking a glance, haven't figured out what the uh, this week's foundation card is going to look at. Look like I think we finished this past week with four and two, uh, fell short with the Green Bay Packers game on Monday night. But if you're keeping score, I mean, that's uh, that's 12 and two in the last two weeks um, in regards to coming off this too. So. You thinking about doing some bowl action this weekend? You know, I haven't. I have to look at it. I think in regards to college at this time of year, with you know, and it's different. It's gotten hard over the years because you have to really factor in, you know, is the coach still there? What guys are not going to play because they're getting ready for the NFL draft? Who already transferred? Yeah, out. a lot of that. So it'll be very selective. Uh, you know, I think we're going to finish the year very heavy. Uh, NFL um, and into the playoffs, so it might be a, a sprinkle of some of the bowl games, and then probably would give you um, that Final Four edition. We'll probably cap that, but yeah. But good question though. Uh, just looking at the NFL side of things here, real quick. Um, just a quick glance. Um, as we sit here on Wednesday, now, of course, we're starting the Saturday stuff in football. Uh, we've got Saturday games. So if you look at some of those early uh, games there on Saturday, uh, Minnesota at Cincy. Minnesota's catching three points. Uh, underdogs, you know, they were very challenged to score. Uh, in Vegas last week, they ended up winning the game 3-0. Um, of course, like Jonas alluded to, let's not forget about this, but we've got Amazon football kicking off tomorrow, which will officially start week 15. Um, you have Los Angeles Chargers at the at the Raiders. Battle of the backups, uh, Chargers a plus three. Um, you know, Raiders really had a tough time scoring, but, you know, Chargers is going to be riding a backup here on out. Uh, it seems like Staley's just a lame duck in these final months of the season. Um, there's a chance they might lose out the rest of the games, uh, but they're catching three on the road with Vegas. Uh, leapfrogging back to that Saturday, Pittsburgh Colts. As we sit here on Wednesday, that line is sitting at plus one and a half. Um, Colts are getting a minus one at home. That's the tough one. Uh, Pittsburgh historically has always played the Colts stuff, uh, tough. You know, this is a team that's reeling. Um, do they rally around Ben's comments this year? Because that's going to make it back to Pittsburgh headquarters, of course. 
Um, Pittsburgh's might be a, a lean to a small dog there. And then Saturday night, you'll have, again, Denver. Uh, they're catching four. This line opened up at five. I was very eager to see what they were going, how they were going to set this line based off of Detroit over the last few weeks and how Denver has played uh, five out of their last six games. Uh, Denver, that line has dropped down to Denver plus four. So that lets me know with line movement since maybe Monday, uh, there's some people, the public are kind of hammering, and maybe there's some sharps that are hand, hammering uh, Denver on the plus side there with the points, but we'll see. Um, keeping it moving, just a couple more of them uh, that just pops out at me. Uh, of course, Dallas. Uh, we know that's a big game in regards to really both parties. Dallas wants to still give their puncher chance uh, to possibly maybe steal uh, the number one seed. Um, and if Philly slips up again, maybe even steal the division. Uh, but Dallas is catching two uh, on the road at Buffalo. Buffalo is favored by minus two. Very odd. You know, of course, I've always educated everybody, and everybody knows by now, the home team usually gets a field goal. Um, that's less than a field goal, but at the same time, you know, Dallas to be an underdog, the way they've played, what their record is. You know, Buffalo sits right now at seven and six, another team in the hunt. This is an important game, definitely more for Buffalo than Dallas, but Buffalo is fighting for their playoff lives. So that's a very interesting line that catches my eye. And of course, you've got um, this number that has dropped, you know, because I talked about it earlier when we talked about the Bill Belichick reports in New England. Uh, Kansas City is going to be on the road in New England um, on Sunday. And that line had opened up in nine and a half. I was eager to see if it made it uh, its way up to 10. Uh, but that has already dropped down to eight points um, favored for Kansas City, which is very, very odd. Proceed with caution on that because this offense, a defense, the bright spot of New England, if there's any bright, and that's, that's tough. But it's definitely on the defensive side of the ball. And even when Kansas City was high and flying and offense was clicking and Travis Kelsey was, you know, seeing double teams and everything, New England still played them tough defensively. And even with them having Tyreek Hill, um, there's less challenges for Bill Belichick with no disrespect to Andy Reid. Uh, but just bros and joes on the offensive side of Kansas City. And I can tell you this right now. Um, you know, it's it's one of those situations to where when you look at Kansas City struggles, and I've kind of alluded to this a little bit. Um, I don't know if anybody's paid attention to Kansas City football late. I know a lot of people are talking about it, but I've actually seen them play and just wanted to know, like, how much of this did I really see coming? Or is there something, you know, really that's just drastic that not even I predicted or could have seen coming? And one of the things is that if you haven't noticed, Travis Kelsey doesn't even get double teamed anymore. He's not even seeing double teams anymore. Defensive coordinators and defensive schemes and, you know, hey, don't want to really basically – over-exaggerate anything, a lot of things became more difficult for Kansas City post-Vance Joseph's game plan against Kansas City the last time Denver played them. Remember, Denver shut them out and kept them out of the end zone. Now, you've got to have personnel, but if you have seen this, 
a lot of these te- the teams after Denver that they've since Kansas City played Denver, they've taken a page a little bit out of Vance Joseph and this offensive yet to basically find his groove. Now, of course, we know about the drop passes. Some of this is self-inflicted, I will admit. But the point is, is that the main thing that has stuck out to me, Travis Kelsey does not even get double teamed anymore. And that is a part to where they just don't believe he's consistently winning one-on-one matchups anymore. And he's not. And I think some of that I've already said is probably because of the decline. But the truth of it is, this particular 2023 season, he's playing banged up. I think 2024, Travis Kelsey will probably come back more healthier and probably numbers will go up, but he's still, it's still a little bit different. But I think a lot, to be fair, I think a lot of his production and his lack of not needing to be double teamed has to do with really bad ankles he's playing on. Really bad. I wouldn't be surprised if he's got some ligament damage in one of them ankles. But make no mistake about it, he's he's slowing down. So that's minus eight. Ugh. I don't know. Um, like I alluded to Jonas last segment, that's Chicago plus three. And where it's really scary is Cleveland's only minus 170 on the money line. That tells me a lot. I mean, Chicago, again, the momentum, and they're plus three even money. Um, you know, Cleveland's coming off that emotional win at home. You know, getting, you know, the good feelings with Joe Flag. You beat a red hot. I mean, well, you beat up a, you know, a banged up, a little bit Trevor Lawrence, but a desperate, playing good Jacksonville team that's still playing for something. Do they have an emotional letdown against the Bears? So we'll see. That's just some of the early line reports. We'll get into hopefully Friday, if not normal bat time on Sunday morning. I'll have the uh, foundation picks released. If you're not following me on Twitter, it's at SportsGrind. Friend requests, Facebook. I like sharing them through stories uh, on the personal page. That's where you get them. You know, fourteen and two in the last two weeks. No joke on that. Or twelve, excuse me, twelve and two in the last two weeks. So get on the train. Anyway, uh, moving along, uh, we can switch gears a little bit into leaving the football scene. Uh, going into a little bit before we go to NBA college. Uh, this came across my radar. Uh, no, according to the New York Post, Coach Prime, Coach Prime is getting a course that Colorado is going to start teaching, and it's named after him. And it's a course in regards to which I looked and read into it more of the marketing aspects of how Coach Prime and Dion operates. Courses that students are going to be able to take at the University of Colorado. Uh, When I heard this, the first reaction I said, you know, you can't, I mean, you can teach a course. I mean, there's a lot of things I wish, not even just in college because it never did go, but even at the high school level and middle school level, I think back in the day would have benefited a lot of people in my generation and generations before if courses would teach you more about what you encounter and how you operate and move in the real world besides just textbook and this is what you're going to do and geometry, which you might never use. With all that said, though, the reality of it is you can have a course about this, but a course on how to market yourself or how to draw eyes, that is something that you naturally have to develop and you have to be born with and you have to have certain stars aligned to you. You don't have to be a former All-Pro Hall of Fame, one of the greatest ever to do it, cornerback in the National Football League. You could be a teacher. You could be a professor. You could be a banker, a garbage man, a mailman, whatever the case may be. 
you have to naturally know and have a glow about you to get people to believe in you and to follow you. That's something that, of course, cannot be teach. I, uh, coach Prime, can't. he could coach the course himself. And that's just something that, you know, now there's going to be some young men and women that in that course, they're going to have that and they're going to get that little bit of information or really see whatever. And it's going to help them going forward. But for the most part, this is to me, when I look at this, this is just another opportunity that Colorado is taking advantage of to really basically go ahead and bring attention and enhance just the revenue that that university hasn't touched in a long time. Uh, I think 300, I think. I saw the other day, I think it's 200 to $300 million when it's all said and done of what he's grossed down to what's added to that community and that Boulder, Colorado area and that university. That's, that's pretty impressive. And from the early parts of it, he's kicking ass in the, on, in the transfer portal still early on. We'll get more detail when we get into January or February, but it, that's the first thing that came to mind when we talk about a course being taught. What do you got? Well, the course is more of a research course, not a and, – and how he balances celebrity and – the business side. Uh, yeah. We know that Bad Bunny has had courses. Taylor Swift has had courses where universities will study. Uh, and this is a 4,000 level course, so a senior level elective. Well, I mean, it's a course so also. It's more of a research. It's not really about how can we take what Prime does and implement that in my life to become more famous. It's not. It's no, not like but, I, but it's, it's part of a marketing course as well, what I read too. Part of it is how to market to self. But I mean, at the end of the day, you can yes, sit there and studying say. Studying how he's done it, how he balances right. time. How he, how he markets himself, not how to put on a do rag or wear sunshades, but it's an actual course that is also part of that is how he has marketed himself. So, I mean, I didn't know about the Taylor Swift bun batty, but I don't know if there's been a coach that's had a course while at a university while he's coaching. Well, he, this is more as a media figure. What do you mean by that? Coach Prime is a media figure. I mean, yes, he's a coach, but beyond that, he is worth studying um, as a media figure. Yeah, but I don't think, I mean, when you talk about Taylor Swift and Bad Bunny, they have, there's a reason why there's court. Those are successful people in their entity that have big media followers. Figures. Right. But I think if Deion Sanders has, Coach Prime has been a media figure since he stopped playing. He's worked with the NFL Network. He's had endorsements. I think it, this has to do with if he's not a coach at Colorado, or I, I don't know if this would have been pulled off at any other university it's if he would have got a thing. I don't know it's the whole if he would have had the coach. This is, this is Colorado doing things for clicks. It's a, it's a fun news story, a Coach Prime course. Well, I think they're doing it for revenue, to be honest with you. I mean, there. I mean, there's when you you don't put it this way, you don't just get three hundred million dollars gross or two to three hundred, whatever the number is, the community just off of clicks. You got to bring butts in the seats and you got to bring eyeballs. So there's a lot of people that have uh, 70,000, 100,000 clicks on Twitter, on Instagram and Facebook, and they broke as hell. So the, the thing of it is, I think the course Four and eight is pretty broke. Well, no, I'm, uh, you're talking about two different things, Jonas. You're talking about on the field is one way. And, and we knew about what's the lack. And then we're talking about the business side of the revenue, which has not been broke with what Dion's doing. So it all goes together. It's the same thing I say that I had this example last week when I when I said I've had conversations with AC when you sit there and talk about where do you rank Jay-Z versus this. Well, the business part, I'm not talking the rep. No, it's all together. It's all in the pack. You can't have one without the other. 
So the successful point is all coaches are brought in to bring eyeballs to their program and make kids want to go play there, which you've shown there. So it, it's it, it's that. You know, I, I think it's all the package together. Yes, of course, they didn't finish well. He needs to do better talent-wise. But at the same time, this is also a product of – bringing attention by creating these courses for the same reason as you educated me a Taylor Swift or a Bad Bunny would be. But I think it's pretty impressive for a, a head coach in his third year to have a university even want to sit there and put that even as a curriculum, whether it's a, a senior course or or knockoff or elective, however you put it. I mean, that's 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 just my opinion. But anyway, that's that's that note. Other note too, NFL wise, I didn't touch on this. I didn't want to put this. Jonas brought this to my attention as well. Tom Brady, Tops is making Tom Brady a expo baseball card. They're already made. They're made. Now before I have this take, I mean there's really no connection what is the connection really with Tom Brady, one with baseball and the Expos? Because I do have a take about this, and it kind of just shows you again where we're at in a society. But is there some type of connection I'm missing? Yeah, Tom Brady was a Montreal Expo draft pick as a catcher in 95. Hmm, that's a nice fun fact, and I don't even think I knew that. So they have um, made one of – is this part, because you sent me the trailer, the commercial for it, is this one of those that they actually have footage? Was he ever uniformed or took a picture in a minor league, or is this just something they're going to recreate and say, hey, because he was – because I know the commercial was all, what if this happened? What if he would have went and played baseball? Do you know that yet or not? Um, well, of course, the commercial talks I, – I don't know if the picture uh, is, is that they used for the card is actually him at that time. Uh, in a in a jersey. Uh-huh. I mean, you get selected by a team. I mean, I I think we've seen stuff with Kyler and Oakland A's, A's stuff right. because he was selection of the team. Well, I think um, um, okay, I get it. So so I'm not a hundred percent sure on that uh-huh. fact, but the cards are legit. Uh, uh-huh. They're they're limited edition. Uh, I've seen that the one of one has already been cracked. Um, so again, there's none none like that one in the rest of the world. Um, and then there was a, a limited set, one of 20s, and then uh, 50. And okay. I'm sure they did so, a common card. So my thing is, the way I was going with this, there's about 70% of people in the country never knew Tom Brady was drafted by the Expos at that time, except you're a diehard Tom Brady fan. Where it shows me in society as well, too, you know, the card business and the trade business, I talked about this on the show that I watched on Netflix, has become a multi-billion dollar business. But some of this stuff that has accumulated where people will pay eight figures and nine figures for, is genuine stuff and I think this is a situation of just capitalizing of something of what is and that's Tom Brady and it just shows you people gonna pay for it but it just shows you the point of it is he didn't play baseball but that is a wrap for today special thanks to the producer of the show Jonas Clark San Antonio El Paso Abilene people up in Lubbock people up in Tyler people in the Shaw City people up in the Mile High City in Denver Colorado people down the whole 305 South Florida region and my people down Laredo when that alarm goes off tomorrow morning for you the snooze button for you out the rack just ask yourself you grind in peace see you tomorrow when life sounds too much like this it's time to consider more of this Sometimes a little shift is all you need. A dose of perspective. Dos X Lager.
Get a dose. Enjoy Dos Equis responsibly. Copyright 2021. Imported by Cervezas Mexicanas, White Plains, New York. Maestro Dobel Tequila was born from 11 generations of tequila-making legacy. It is sourced from a single estate in the volcanic lowlands of Jalisco, Mexico, using the finest 100% blue agave. Double distilled and aged in European white oak barrels, Maestro Dobel's commitment to innovation isn't only to discover new ways of distilling and aging, it's about elevating and crafting a superior tequila that is the essence of mastery. Maestro Dobel is the official tequila of the PGA Tour and an official sponsor of the sports grind. Please drink responsibly. It's time to warm up that scoreboard and get ready to bring home the win with Specs. Specs has you covered with lower prices on all your favorite fan fuel. From craft beer, rare spirits and world-class wine to chips, dips and gourmet finer foods. And with same-day delivery when you order online or through the app, Specs is your MVP for the biggest score of the game. At Specs, the fun starts here. Here's to you, cheers to savings. Just because the sun is setting earlier doesn't mean the fun stops sooner. Now is the perfect time to get to Specs and stock up on after-summer savings with fresh new releases in every category. Specs has Texas' largest selection of lower-priced wines, craft cocktail ingredients, and beers that'll have you raising a glass to every sunset. The biggest savings of the season are at Specs. The fun starts here. Whether you're looking for a date night at the Dominion or a light meal while shopping on the weekend, stop by Thai Lao Orchid at the Dominion. Just five minutes north of the shopping center, Thai Lao Orchid's Vietnamese options are great for dinner or lunch, serving up staples from curry and noodles to the house special Nam and seafood lovers' steamed clay pot. They're open weeknights from 5 p.m. to 8 p.m. and noon till 9 on Saturdays and noon to 8 on Sundays. That's Thai Lao Orchid at the Dominion, official sponsor of the Sports Grind.